Find a moment of calm at Classical WETA 90.9 FM. Available to stream now at classicalweta.org or on the Classical WETA app. Welcome to episode 15 of How We Win. All over the country, ordinary people are doing extraordinary things. We're giving you the tools that you need to jump in and make a difference right now. The best antidote to anxiety is action. The clock is ticking, and we want you to join the party. Today, we'll share our conversation with Jess morales Raquetto, the political director of the National Domestic Workers Alliance, co-founder of Supermajority, and one of Time Magazine's 100 Most Influential People. So cool. But first... You know him from Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me and Last Comic Standing. We're going to talk about our favorite and least favorite news of the week with comedian Alonzo Bowden. I'm Steve Pearson. And I'm Mariah Craven. And And this this is How We Win. Thanks for joining us. Happy. Happy to help Swing Left. Very cool. And uh, yeah, let's do this. You've got your own podcast where you talk about political stuff and other things, too. Yeah, I do. I, I, um, I do my own podcast, Who's Paying Attention? <laughs> it started out with the news because right. uh, I have a – the big problem I have with the news is it is they – don't, they don't always cover the news. They can be mm-hmm. kind of gentle. They can uh, follow trend, this, this and that. And, mm-hmm. and comics tell the truth. And it's always been our job to tell the truth. I tell people, and I have tattoos of jesters. I always loved the jester because he was the only guy who could make fun of the king, right? He spoke truth to power. But if it wasn't funny, they'd chop off his head. So I (laughs) honestly, I like it that way. Like, yeah, we speak truth to power, but it has to be funny. It has to be good. But but when I said who's paying attention, it, it went all the way back to like, oh, wait, like Sarah Palin. That was the first to me, the big, huge mistake where the news just didn't say, well, she's dumb. Like, she right. why are we even listening to her? You know what They're I mean? They're so was, excited to right. see her walk onto that stage. I, I had a joke back then, and I stand by it to this day. Walter Cronkite wouldn't have talked to Sarah Palin for five minutes. Hmm. He'd, he'd have been like, no, this is, I'm doing the news. This is not a joke. <laughs> you have no, you have no information. You know what I mean? And, and Nothing that, to contribute. And you talk about Trump, right? So that's how we got to the Trump era, where we we live in an era where, unfortunately, intelligence is compared to popularity. So if you have X number of followers, you're considered the same expert as an actual expert, <laughs> right? Which is, it's right. utterly ridiculous, but they have to do it because they have to get the clicks because that's what selling the news is based on. So, so who's paying attention? So my podcast is my take on things in the news. And it can be totally random. Sometimes it's politics. Sometimes it's social issues. Sometimes it's sports. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's just general good old American stupid. We got <laughs> <plenty of that. laughs> well, there's no shortage of that to talk about. So, um, well, speaking of talking about stupid, um, <laughs> we have we have a week that just got behind us since our last podcast um, with a lot of things in the news. What brought us joy and what pissed us off from the last week. Fair enough. So, Mariah, what brought you joy? 
Oh, I had time to watch movies over the last couple weeks. Because you were on vacay. Because I, I took a little trip. Um, so that, and somebody at, at the beginning of the trip asked me like, what good movies have you seen? And I was like, oh, I haven't been in the movies in a long time. So I got to catch up on some stuff and that was really exciting and a good reminder to take care of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. In order to do this work, stop, see a movie now and then. It's really, really important. We, yeah. It's so easy to get burned out and, you know, just demoralized by this ongoing onslaught of news. Take some time for yourself, right? Yeah, so yeah, time, time was awesome. Yeah, nice. Yeah. What about you? What brought you joy in this last week? Sunday night, Clippers scored 150 points against Washington. <laughs> you know how much fun that is to watch? Listen, I've been a Clipper fan for a long time, you know, and, and we've been bad for a lot. I'm, I'm not going to say we, they, my team. <laughs> I, I don't like saying we because I haven't played for the Clippers since 89. Which, you know, I like to tell women because nobody knows who played for the 89 Clippers. So, as far you as they got know, the shirt I wasn't. on. Well, there so you go. No, I. That we was had good fun. times on that team, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I yeah. think you were my point guard. I was, yeah. You were, you were seven years old. <laughs> I um, Sports are my escape. Mm. One of my escapes. I have two great escapes. Motorcycles are one escape. I love riding. And sports. Like when I go to a Clipper game and it's so much fun because I'm unplugged. I'm just at the game. And, and there's four or five other comics. We all have tickets. We go to the game. We laugh. We're sitting in different sections. Our seats are, you could tell how someone's career is going by where their seats are. You know what I mean? Like like Eric Griffin just went courtside. He's on TV a lot. You know? I'm still in the 100s, so I'm still doing okay. But anyway, we have a lot of fun at the games, and, and that's my joy. That's where I unplug. Nice. Well, for me, my, uh, you know, boy, I should, you guys had such great, like, real-life things that brought you joy over the last week. Uh-huh. Um, I'm gonna make I'm gonna make it Donald Trump Jr. getting all triggered over the uh, lack of sales of his book Triggered. Uh, pretty delicious. It's so fun. He tweeted out. Are you kidding? He sold over a hundred thousand copies. Oh wait, that was to the RNC. To the <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, uh, the RNC bought uh, two hundred thousand copies, and um, right. But after outside of that, he sold eight more. But he's got two hundred thousand and eight. <laughs> He tweeted out that uh, he's been in seven different airports and hasn't seen it in any of the Hudson uh, bookstores at the airports, which I just love the idea of him walking through, looking at the books, like, where's my book? Where's my book? Why isn't it here? Yeah. So I think what people should definitely not do is go on Amazon and leave scathing reviews of his book on there. People should definitely not do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now they're going to the actual bookstores, which apparently people are going back to the bookstores and putting stickers and moving, you know, like Margaret <laughs> Atwood books in front of it and that sort of thing. So there's a, a million ways to... He's been very triggered by that. That, him. that kind of thing is fun, but the best way to annoy a Trump, ignore them. Hmm. Mm, yeah. that, that, and the other thing, and I'm trying to start this campaign, So every so we have the Trump baby balloon right right and people come up no you want to you want to drive trump crazy we need an obama balloon you need a giant barack obama floating above anywhere he goes that would kill him the baby he can laugh off he can't stand obama because of the the natural love and respect that the world has for barack obama it's literally the polar opposite of him 
and the huge shadow that he casts right. on his presidency. Uh, so we could cast an actual shadow. I like it. That would be awesome. But uh, yeah, the the but but you know Donald Trump Jr. The words Donald Trump Jr. and book don't even sound right <laughs> together. Right? Yeah, just, I wonder yeah. who Other. wrote it. There's no way he wrote it. No, no. But whoever wrote it is not going to take blame. I, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so that brought me some joy. Now, um, what pissed you guys off this week? Uh. So many things, as always. Um, so here's what I'll say is really aggravating me this week is um, women losing their jobs. This woman at Google has lost her job after organizing other employees at Google. And that's infuriating from a company that claims that they don't want to do evil. And then Gabrielle Union losing her job for talking about the working conditions and demanding better at America's Got Talent. That really pisses me off, mm. and I can't wait to see what comes out of that whole situation because I think they're going to have um, a lot to answer for. And I'm glad that SAG-AFTRA, the union, is seriously looking into what happened with her. Now, Alonzo, you've faced similar working conditions on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me and have been very <laughs> outspoken. Oh, <just> absolutely <laughs> horrible. No, I'll tell you, you know what pissed me off this week? Um, and, and you brought it up. I didn't even want to, I'm tired of this, but I, I'll talk about it. I got a kind of a, I don't know if hatchet job is the right, no, hatchet job is too strong. I got sandbagged by TMZ. Mm, really? And and it had to do with the Gabrielle Union thing. So I'm at the Laugh Factory, it's Thanksgiving, we're doing the charity dinner and show that we do every year. TMZ says, hey, we want to talk to you. Now I'm thinking it's about that, right? Because it's, you know. Well, So they asked me about the joke that Jay Leno told. Mm. Okay, have you heard the joke? The joke the joke had basically I'm I'm hacking it up, I'm paraphrasing, but it was basically there was a picture of Simon Cowell and a dog. Mm -hmm. And Jay said, Oh, that should be in a Korean restaurant. Right? <laughs> and the, this was on America's Got Talent. It was or at about, America's about, Got at, Talent. I don't behind, know that it was on the show. Whatever, it was yeah. at the show, whatever. Uh -huh. So anyway, so so they said it was a racist joke and that that uh, Gabrielle Union spoke out about it and all that. Now I don't know. They asked me is it a racist joke? I said, no, Leno's not a racist. It's old school stereotype humor. It, it, that's what it is. It's old school. You, you make fun of stereotypes. You play on it, right? That's a, and I said, you know, if, if we're in a world where Jay Leno's a racist, you got to be kidding me, right? So, so anyway, then I talked about Gabrielle Union. I said, listen, I don't think that was the issue with Gabrielle Union. I think that was the cover that the network's using. Mm. But the truth was, like, they had some problem with her hair. Right. And I said, listen, these old white men who run networks have to get over black women's hair. Right. Trust black women that they know what they're doing with their hair because you don't. Right. So you leave. And, and, and I said there were other issues involved in Gabriel Union getting fired. And this was a cover story. TMZ didn't print any of that. Hmm. They didn't mention any of that. All they showed was me saying Leno's not a racist in such a way that it made it look like I was protecting Leno and attacking mm. Gabriel oh. Union. You know, even even uh, Jay Leno, because I talked to him afterwards, he said, yeah, anything you say is going to be twisted to fit what they want it that to be. That narrative, yeah. So, so that kind of pissed me off. I got some heat uh, on Twitter mm -hmm. about it. And, they, you know, I responded to some people, other people. You have to look at who's mad at you in, on Twitter. Because <laughs> if someone's mad at you and they got five followers, I'll take the hit. 
Right. You know? <laughs> right. Well, so you guys uh, have a, a shared <laughs> thing that pissed you off yes, this week. We, we're in the same. We're in yeah. the same neighborhood. It, it's it's cool hearing about how the sausage gets made at TMZ, though. Well, I think for me, uh, there was this thing that happened last week uh, in Ohio, mm. where the Republican lawmakers in Ohio tried to put together a bill to order doctors to re-implant ectopic pregnancies, uh, a procedure that actually doesn't exist right? or face, quote-unquote, abortion murder charges. I, I don't even know what to say about this other than just to lay that out there because um, the work that Republicans are doing um, to interfere with the health of of women with women's health. I mean, this is not an abortion issue. This is a this is a health issue. And ectopic pregnancy is when the uh, embryo has implanted on the fallopian, uh, the tube, fallopian yeah. tube, exactly. So instead outside of, of out, the... instead of the uterus, right? And it's ex- incredibly dangerous for the woman. And what the hell? I mean, I guess what I guess my, my takeaway is. What the hell? Yeah, this is not a, a health issue. This is a, a human rights issue. They, no. in addition to to the absolutely absurd part of the bill, it also bans abortion outright and says that any fertilized egg is a baby, which is scientifically not true. Right. But so all of this is they're testing the waters to try to ban abortion. That's what this is about. The 21 Republicans who co-sponsored this bill should be deeply ashamed of this. It is outrageous. I know women who have had ectopic pregnancies. They risk losing their lives because of it. Right. And like you said, this procedure doesn't even exist. It's not possible. So this is absurd. Um, Voters in Ohio should be in the streets with pitchforks. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, you said a couple of things. One, you used the word shame. They have none. Hmm. They honestly, they, they're not capable of that. There is no shame. This this is another issue. It has to do, this has, this isn't about women in this, in the sense of caring about women. This is about control mm-hmm. and this is about ignorance. Okay. The control part, these men want to control women. Now, when it comes to abortion, I've said this from the beginning, men should have no say so until we have a baby. Until a man has a baby, seriously, because you have no idea, no comprehension. And even pregnant women will say that women who have had a baby can talk to other women who've had a baby about things that even a woman who hasn't had a baby doesn't understand. You know what I mean? It, it really is a it's, a, it's a, it's an amazing thing, but women go through this, right? So I'm saying men, step back and shut the hell up. The other thing is, well like, said. like you said... <laughs> It's scientifically impossible. See, and this is where the ignorance comes in. And this is this bothers me so much because we have, when I say we, our government, they're, they're consciously against science. It, you know what I mean? This mm-hmm. is what I talk about. about I, I joke about it in my act like, stupid don't get tired. That's the problem. Smart gets tired. <laughs> stupid never gets tired. Smart takes the weekend off. Stupid been working all weekend. So how do you explain... <laughs> a scientific phenomena, a medical procedure to someone who denies it exists. You understand? And, and we deal with this in so many things. We deal with this in climate change. Mm-hmm. We deal with this yeah. whenever science speaks, they're just like, no. Well, God said, well, no. No, God said, open a book and learn about science. <laughs> God likes books. You know, this is, 
they, so, but honestly, but that's what you're up against. So Deli- right. deliberate ignorance, I guess, is, is it really is. is but but the sad in... thing is how well it works. Yeah. That's the sad, but a friend of mine who, uh, and she, you know, you talk about somebody putting their money when their mouth is or doing what they did. She actually had, she had a four-year-old son. Trump got elected. She moved back to Canada. She was mm. from Canada. She said, I'm not raising my kid in this America. And she said, the problem with the Democrats, they don't have a slogan. Mm. And, and it sounds funny, but it really is true. The, the Republicans, they, they win on slogans, you know, lock her up build a wall, these kind of things. It works for people because people can, I don't know, repeat it or believe it simply. You know, they, they're going to take your guns. There's, there's no nuance to that. The Democrats get caught in actually explaining things in the nuance, and that's where you lose the you lose people. You got you got to make it simpler. Yeah. Well, spoiler alert, uh, in a couple of weeks, we're actually going to be interviewing um, Anat Shankar, who uh, is a messaging expert and talks a lot about both the successes and failings of Democratic messaging. So that'll be an interesting podcast that everyone can look forward to. more on the failing side. Yeah. (laughs) But thanks for teeing that up for us. (laughs) Like a a pro. (laughs) (laughs) He's got a couple of podcasts. He knows how it's done. Um, So what are we going to do about it? Our call to action for this week, it's the holidays. Today, as we tape this, it's Giving Tuesday. Um, You guys are getting this on Wednesday, so you've probably already donated to Giving Tuesday. Um, We don't ask for straight-up donations to Swing Left a lot, but um, we do need to keep all the gears moving at Swing Left. We do a lot of work all over the country, wrangling volunteers, putting their energy in where they're going to be the most effective, no matter where they live. So if you like the podcast, what we're doing here, if you like Swing Left and the work that we're doing, consider donating to Swing Left and make that your call to action this week. Share it with your friends. We have a special URL, swingleft.org slash giving. Swingleft.org slash giving. What? Lonzo! Lonzo just picked up his phone, typed it right in there, and was making a donation on I'll the give. spot. Ah, no, I will, I will give. I'll, that was I'll so give. nice. I'll give. We need it. We need it. Swing slash give. No, I'm going to put it in my phone, and I'll, I'll give something. I'll, I'll pay to work here. Wow, Steve. That that was kind of a dirty trick. Alonzo is a trick. guest in our studio. <laughs> I've, and got a, the I've got a gift for him the, for being here. So maybe we'll call it um, Pressure Wednesday or something like we had <laughs> Black Friday, Cyber Monday, Giving Tuesday. You know what Steve else we can do since we're talking about? Yes, yeah, Steve pressures you into donating Wednesday. Swingleft.org slash giving. Slash giving. So, so yeah, yeah, just put it in there. Thanks, man. Yeah. And um, you could also be like Alonzo, uh, donate and make it a monthly uh, recurring all right, Donation. now let's see, see how he took that too far. See, we were okay, and now he wants a recurring monthly. No, I'm not saying you. If, you if I'm given recurring monthly, that decimal point's moving to the left. <laughs> yeah, that decimal point's going to swing left. <laughs> 80 cents a month. Hey, it all helps, whatever you can do. So that's it. And. Um, Next up, when Mariah and I were in Las Vegas interviewing uh, Cecile Richards, the president, former president of Planned Parenthood, we had a great interview with her. She's one of the co-founders of Supermajority. Mm-hmm. And then right when the interview was done, um, one of the Supermajority people popped in and was like, hey, Jess Morales-Riquetto is here. 
uh, she's available for an interview. Would you like to do that? We're like, yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. She was just named one of Time Magazine's 100 Most Influential People. Mm-hmm. Hillary Rodham Clinton gl- wrote a glowing piece about why that's uh, really worth a read. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. So um, we're excited to have her. It was a quick interview, but she's amazing. And um, sorry, you weren't sitting with us. Uh, I, uh, you know, I, when I'm in Vegas, I'm somewhere else you're not doing interviews. <laughs> no no actually I, do, I go to vegas and do comedy and i love doing this is what i love about vegas and and why it's a great place for that vegas is a cross-section of america mm, yeah if you walk the strip you will see every part of our country good bad rich poor mm-hmm. left right uh minority majority like everybody come you know what i mean that's mm-hmm. that's the great thing about vegas like if somebody said i wanted to see america i've only got two days let's go to vegas <laughs> let me show you <laughs> let me take you from circus circus to the bellagio and that should cover it <laughs> uh that's actually true you can see yeah. the world you can yeah. see paris go to paris vegas. new york right. you know anything well let's all head to vegas then i want to go to uh when are you when are you in vegas next or what's your next uh, show coming up my my next show coming up this weekend i'm going to be in la jolla at the comedy store oh, nice. and then in two weeks i'm going to be in grand rapids michigan which is which is always great i like doing grand rapids michigan's a very interesting state very interesting uh you talk about a cross section it's another place where you've got the cross section of america in one state. Um, so I've got those those coming up. AlonzoBowden.com and ZoeFunny on Instagram. I post all my shows. You can always find me. I'm not a great social media guy, but I, I try. So I stay <laughs> on top of it. But I do post the shows where I'm going to be, what I'm going to be doing. Great. So go check out Alonzo and, um, and just like Go backstage and... Uh, no. Oh, I always come out. No, no, I always come out after shows. I always come out after shows because I sell CDs and stuff like that. The last time I was in Vegas, just a few weeks ago, uh, I was at Brad Garrett's club in the MGM. Mm-hmm. And Brad's great and the club is beautiful. So after the show, um, I, I do this joke about I don't like Trump, but to keep it fair, I'm pretty confident he wouldn't like me. so after the show this woman comes up and she just says really quick trump's not a racist unemployment's at an all-time low and it's like what does one have to do with the other because if you're saying that unemployment is a race like that's a racist thing to say that unemployment's up you people should be happy right you know what i mean so you're the ones who are unemployed is what's implied behind that right Right. so so but again dealing with trump people and comedy doesn't work (laughs) <laughs> they they don't have a sense of humor. They're angry people. Mm. They they like there there are certain conservative comics that they'll support, but just generally in comedy, like you talk about snowflakes, they can't take a joke <laughs> at all. You know, so but it but it was funny because it was one of those weird arguments. It's like okay, you understand those two statements had nothing to do with each other, <laughs> and then right. she ran off, so I couldn't even right. you know, debate her. Do you change your act up if you're in a red state no, versus no. a? Uh, for a couple of reasons. One, I don't care. You know, they say if you don't anger some of the audience, you're not doing your job. Mm-hmm. But but it's two things. So when you go to a red state, the liberals come out because they're so happy to hear a liberal voice. We really get that mm. when we do wait, wait. When we do wait, wait live in a red state, that show sells out in seconds because they're so happy. Like, oh, my God, the voice we want to hear. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The other thing is 
when people see my picture, they're like, "Nah, he's probably not a Trump guy." You know what I mean? <laughs> they don't come to my shows. I have I have friends, white comedians, who have to deal with that more because they'll go to the show, and then if the white person is liberal or even center or whatever, then they they feel like you're a traitor. Mm-hmm. Like you know, how could you not support Trump? You know what I mean? But with me, wow. They're pretty calm. Look, my name ain't Kanye. So they're like, nah, he's not. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Alonzo, thanks so much for for joining us, for being here. I hope you come back again. Yes, I will. I'm so glad that we finally uh, got this to work out, you know, with my crazy travel schedule and so on. This, This was great. Mariah, very nice to meet you. You and, too. Um, I've heard the voice for so long. It's great to see you in people person. People now recognize, I think they recognize my voice more so than my face because I've been <laughs> doing so much radio yeah. and stuff like that, lately, which, you know, I'm not complaining. That's cool. I had one woman say, wow, you look good. You sound fat on radio, which I, I never, <laughs> I have yet to figure out whether that's good or bad, but she said that I sound fat on radio. And I love that comment. It's like, okay, thank you. Well, <laughs> you and I go way back. We go, yes, we we go back to the 89 Clippers. So, That's right. Yeah. That's <laughs> so we right. have history. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Thank you. We're with Jess Morales Raquetto, who's the co-founder of Supermajority, the political director of the National Domestic Workers Alliance, the executive director of Care in Action, and the chair of Families Belong Together. Um, and she's on the final stop of the Supermajority bus tour. I'm actually pretty sad that it's it's finished. Up. <laughs> I, I didn't think I would feel that way, but I do. <laughs> so Put me on the road for three more weeks. What happens after the tour? Well, I mean, part of what we were doing is talking about our majority rules, which is our blueprint for the future, and now get it organized to get that. So we'll be training two million women between now and 2020. Wow. Yeah, to get them ready um, for what we hope to be the largest women-to-women voter contract program in our country's history. So those two million women will turn out millions more women to vote, and we think it's really important to turn out more women than we ever have um, in the 2020 election. Why is that voter-to-voter contact going to be effective? You know, I think this election is going to be close, and close elections organizing and specifically voter contact is really what wins close elections. So that's like the, I think, one of the most important pieces of what we have to do. Um, But I think the other piece is that, you know, we've been talking to women and getting so much feedback from women all around the country. And it, it kind of makes me laugh when I hear people talk about like what divides us, because I like to say every place is the same kind of special, which is that. Every place is a little bit different, but the kind of things that women are talking about that they're worried about is actually not different. They're worried about economic security. They're worried about climate change. They're worried about money and politics, which has been one of my biggest kind of Mm -hmm. learnings on this tour. And that stuff is going to take people talking to them about what that really means, how that plays out in our politics, what the candidates' positions are in those issues. And the only way you do that is by voter-to-voter conversations, person-to-person conversations. And, you know, it's not the kind of stuff that make, like makes headlines, but it is the kind of stuff that works, and it takes time and effort. Are you uh, training volunteers how to do that effectively? Absolutely. You know, Supermajority really wants to be a multiracial, 
multi-generational organization. And that is a task in and of itself to help people, you know, learn how to deal with maybe you've only organized with people your same age. What happens when there's younger people and when there's older people? Like, I think sometimes people talk about, like, older women who are organizing with young women and how to make sure that they're included, but it, it kind of goes the other way. Like you also can't be patronizing to the older woman, right? right? Which right. totally happens. So that's the thing, you know, Respect we talk- older ideas, totally. embrace it's like new ideas. Ageism can actually go both yeah. ways, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are other, you know, the, the thing that we say all the time in our, when we're on this organizing tour has been like, if the room looks like you, then you're not organizing the right way. Mm. And that takes real effort because people's friend groups are generally homogenous, right? They usually are friends of people like them. And that's the thing you tell people when you're organizing, having your house party, invite your friends over. So there's also a work to figure out like, well, if all your friends look like you, then actually what we need to do is help you understand that it's really important to extend into your broader community, not just when you're organizing, but actually in your personal relationships. So that kind of work takes time to build the understanding. And so that's really partly in why we need to do our trainings. The other reason that we're training so many women is that of the hundreds of thousands of women who signed up for Supermajority since we launched earlier this spring, um, the majority of them have told us that they've never done any kind of activism before. Mm. This mm. is the very first time that they've done anything like this. And, you know, I think for like super activists, it's hard for them to remember their kind of first meeting or their first moment. But like, I, I would say we have a lot of work to do to make it accessible for people. If you don't know the jargon, if you've never done the stuff before, if you're a little scared about an activity that's seems mostly to be talking to strangers about some of the most contentious issues of our time. Right. You know, like, yeah. you need, you need, need a little help. bit of help yeah. to get there. Yeah. yeah, and even with technology, you know, there is a lot of, it's not explaining to do, but it's just, like, helping people feel really comfortable so that they can be successful at whatever, you know, their activity is, whether that's texting voters or using the van for the first time, like what does the van, van even the mean? Voter contact, you know. Yeah, it's like voter lists, yeah. right? right voter and list, yeah. So that's the core of the kind of organizing that those people are going to be doing. Probably they should know what it is. They should know why it's important. Right. So we really think that there's a lot to do to help all these people who've been motivated by standing up for our values and what we believe in and making this country be the way we want it to be, and. Post-2020, you're not going to be involved if you don't have a great experience. Mm. So tell us about your first activism experience. I am a, I was like a strange child. I, I feel like I came out of the womb like loving activism. My parents are extremely religious, are very Catholic, um, and they are also, um, we were, were working class growing up. So they basically were like, you're going to college and you're going to get the best grades possible and you can't mess up because if you mess up, like every all of our hopes and dreams for you might not be accomplished, and you're going to accomplish them. It's we're a just bit of pressure. No we're pressure, just telling you right exactly. now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they had they had both um, grown up in extreme poverty and worked really hard. My dad was the first person in his family of ten to go to college, um, and um, my uh, great grandfather and grandfather were immigrants um, from the border, and so it was instilled in them in a really early age why we came to this country, and they have passed that on even so many years later. So. Um, Because of all of that, I had an extremely specific diet of books that I was allowed to read. Mm. And when you're a kid who is like 
you know, your parents are like attempting to put you on the straight and narrow. Mm -hmm. The books that you read are about historical figures. And many of our most important historical figures are community organizers and activists. Mm -hmm. So I truly grew up thinking that basically everybody who was really important in the world became a community organizer. And that the way to be successful was to like organize to make progress in your community. And I grew up very religious, very, very Catholic. And there's a a real strain of social justice Catholicism. It's a lot about um, the Beatitudes and the least of these and really making sure you lift up the most marginalized voices. Blessed are the poor. And so those two things together, I was just like, Okay, well, obviously, people of success <laughs> and <laughs> and importance in our country are community organizers. Then I got older and figured out <laughs> that wasn't exactly the case. But by then, the damage had already been done. I was completely indoctrinated. <laughs> you know, I'm going to give my parents a hard time because I got a lot of comic books. I was super into Marvel and Fantastic Four. I guess there's heroes in there. I was just going to say a different kind of superhero. Well, I don't know, like, uh, when Mariah l- just laid out that list of all the incredible things you're doing right now, I mean, first of all, the obvious question is, how do you have so much energy and when do you sleep? Yeah, um, but- I like to tell everybody that I'm just doing my part to thwart fascism, and when you put it in that context, <laughs> it's like, yeah, I've got time. <laughs> I have no kids and all I do is work, is the real answer. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, honestly, we should really all set a little time out of our day to fight fascism. I, I, you know. I, think, I think this is something we can all agree on. Yeah. <laughs> um, what, so what gives you hope for, for 2020? Yeah, you know, I think that... To me, organizing is really sacred work. It's so incredible to be, I'm totally gonna cry, I always cry when I talk about this. Mm. It's so incredible to be able to feel so passionately about making the world a better place and then wake up every morning and know that you have the tools and skills and community to make the world a better place. I feel like that is such an incredible privilege. Um, and, And it's very, very exciting to then be able to share that with other people. I think of organizing as motivating people into their purpose. And all day long, I just get to tell people about this awesome profession that I feel so lucky and then get them excited about it too and then they get people excited and so that is like it's the most hopeful thing especially in these really you know I work on very difficult issues like family separation and detention mm-hmm. sexual assault you know workers rights issues where we hear about women who have been sleeping on a cot in a porch in Boston for 20 years and wow. no one's you know and they were able to be exploited because they were immigrants and you can look around, I think, right now and be angry, and that anger can, like, almost hold you back because it can feel like that anger can be righteous and helpful or and motivating, or it can feel like it can put you into despair. It can make you feel like there's nothing that we can do. But what we've seen over the last couple of years, but also always, is that when people take that anger and put it into something that helps people notice and gets people excited, then you're creating like this regenerating organism of hope and optimism and courage. And that is like, wow, it's incredible that we are able to do that. I feel so lucky every single day. And when you feel like that, get out of bed every morning ready to go. Well, when you hear somebody who feels like that, I'm like, yeah. what are we going to do now? Yeah. Let's, do Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. That's, that's the way I feel all the time. And I don't say that to be like a Pollyanna. I say that to really like 
what a cool moment and responsibility that we live right now to be able to do that. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for what an incredible gift you are to everyone around oh, you, no. clearly. Yeah. No, no, thank you so much. I'm really excited for this. <laughs> <laughs> Big V and a swing left. Oh, <laughs> Thanks for joining us today and for stepping up and taking action. This is how we win. We want to hear from you and we want your story. So send us a note or even record yourself and email it to us at podcast at swingleft.org. Big thank you to all of our subscribers. If you're not one of them yet, please do subscribe and rate on Apple or wherever you get your pods. Share us with all of your friends and family and help us build this megaphone for the resistance. Use the hashtag HowWeWin2020. And don't forget about your action for this week because it's Giving Tuesday. The holidays are here. Support this podcast and support the work that Swing Left is doing by donating to swingleft.org slash giving. We really appreciate you being here with us and we're excited to bring you more from the field next Wednesday. W.